Well, 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 well. Welcome, my friends, to this fine radio program known as Smokin' and Toastin'. We're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's a brand new year. It is show number 70, and uh, welcome to it. We're brought to you, by the way, by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at uh, 1914 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Uh, road trip still planned to uh, Fort Worth. It looks like it'll probably wind up being February. And one of the reasons is because uh, Ian, our boy Ian, is uh, on assignment. So he's going to be uh, out of pocket for a few weeks. We'll have some special guests on the show. But I just wanted to open by saying, don't worry, Ian fans. He's not gone. He'll be back. It's just a uh, it's just a uh, short assignment that's got him busy for uh, for just a little while, and he shall return. So uh, so we're looking forward to that. In the meantime, though, I'm thrilled to have a very capable and uh, knowledgeable, and uh, you know even kind of decent looking uh, co-host uh, in the studio I try, today. I try. <laughs> I'm no Ian, but I try. <laughs> uh, Chris, welcome. Uh, Chris Hart is here from the uh, Houston Whiskey Social. Now I wanted to ask you about this because. Whenever I go to like make the notes for the show, and I go, "Oh, it's Chris Hart from," I never know whether to put that you're from Houston Whiskey Social or Houston Bourbon Society. Uh, a so, little bit of both. So, yeah. what are the two things, and explain the difference to me? So, the difference really, uh, and they're very interwoven. Um, so, we started the Houston Whiskey Social, me and my partner Yawante, about three years ago, and it was just a it's a big festival. And, and mm-hmm. right now, um, and we. We're putting together the, the, some details and, and some fine touches to this year's uh, festival. But the Houston Bourbon Society is a Facebook group, uh, now the um, a, a pretty decent size one, about 2,500 folks. Yeah, no kidding. Um, here locally in Houston. And it's just, a, you know, there's a big bourbon community here, and, and, and anyone can join. It's open. There's no cost or anything. But it's just a group of people to come together. Have a drink, share a photo of you drinking. Find you know if you're looking for something around town, the group is uh, you know full of, of help in finding something, as well as an overwhelming amount of uh, information. Every every whiskey person you've had on the show so far has is in the group. They've been really yeah. I mean, uh, and you do tons of get-togethers too, right? Now, I started to say events, but it's almost more like just hangouts, right? They're called bottle shares. You know, mm-hmm. the man cave is always which you know rest in peace is no mm-hmm. longer here. But uh, I missed that place already. Yeah, uh, now they're back as Maduros. Um, they're under new ownership, but it's okay. it's we get together all the time and, and everyone brings a couple of bottles like what you see here and I, mm-hmm. s- I saw you got a bottle limo I do I saw yes, that yes. I thought there was someone else here for a minute no 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 I'm but but we'll you know we just get together and, and uh, I mean God we've grown so fast and, and we're actually I'm flying out to Kentucky today tonight uh, to pick out our next couple of barrels. So okay, so now the barrels that you pick out are these for your bottle shares and your get-togethers, or are they for the whiskey social? A little bit of both, actually. This trip is one of each. So what we do is, you know, every barrel is like a snowflake, right? Every <laughs> snowflake's different. Yes. So every barrel's different, and we we fly out to Kentucky. We just got back from Tennessee a couple of weeks ago. We went down there and and picked the first, um, well. The second for Texas, but our first, uh, the first group to get a barrel of Jack Daniels Barrel Strength, which is awesome. They they just started the program. Uh, we were lucky enough to get invited to to have one. Um, but now we're flying out today. I'm going to go pick out a Four Roses for. Um, I'm actually naming it after my wife. Ah. Uh, good golly, Miss Molly. But Very the, nice. the, uh, the Four Roses barrel is for us. I actually brought a local pick of Four Roses so you can kind of – I figure we might talk about that. So oh, very nice. This was done by 
Poison Girl, but we'll get back to that. But yeah, and then we're doing an MB Roland pick, which will be for the Bourbon Society. So MB Roland is a local mom and pop grain to glass uh, bourbon whiskey in Kentucky that doesn't have distribution here in Texas. So I I made a few phone calls and, and I made it my mission to bring them here because they're they're great. So they now are going through the final steps of getting final state distribution for the state. And it's because of the Bourbon Society. It's because of the impact that that group's had. And um, I am I'm very proud of of a city that was once not considered a viable whiskey market is now the second largest group in the nation. I was just suddenly it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A big so deal, it's so. the last three years. Uh, Houston's changed quite a bit for whiskey. So now the Houston Whiskey Social that was the event that Ian and I uh, came I had a to with you guys. Yeah. Oh my God, we had such a good time. Yeah. That was a and and you know we talked a lot about that in the weeks afterwards. Is that's how those events are supposed to be done. I mean, you guys really did a great job. It 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 was. It felt like an event, like a bit of a spectacle, uh, but it also had this very homey. Like you could just it walk up and talk yeah. to any of the guys. It was very you could, you know, they would talk whiskey with you, cigars with you. It was just, it was really a a an enjoyable evening, and it didn't have that. How can I say this? It didn't have that shuffling you, shuffling you through the line feeling right. that some of these kind of events can have. I mean, that would be one of my uh, it, it, coming back from the big smoke in Las Vegas, which we did in November. Um, if it wasn't such a big deal, you could make a case that it felt a little bit like a shuffling you through the line uh, sort of event. You know what I mean? There, there's been, uh, again, on top of us not being a really a great market for whiskey, um, we've also not been a great market for whiskey events. So the, the whole goal, um, and it wasn't just me and Yuante's goal, we got with a lot, there's a lot of locals who have helped and has supported us, and you and, and Ian included. Uh, you guys have been extremely supportive, and it really isn't for us. It's it's to it's for this getting right. to sit w- across from somebody, and and you know what's great about this these events is it doesn't feel like a shuffle, uh, and everyone kind of sees each other daily online in this mm-hmm. you know in the Facebook group. So you're like, and hey, the, <laughs> and then when you finally you run a lot of people run into each other at the event and yeah. think, oh, that's what you hey, look like. Hey, did you try this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, exactly. And that's yeah. what we love about it, man. It's yeah. just been it's just been tremendous. Well, I'm hearing now. Tell me if I'm you know speaking out of turn, but I'm hearing that there might be a uh, Chris and Yuante show of some sort. In the works is that something you can talk about? Not something I can talk about yet, but there is there is something that we're wanting to do. Um, you know, I'm a big podcast listener. Mm-hmm. I love uh, Joe Rogan and in those types of, of podcasts. I think a uh, a similar style to this, but a little bit more inebriated. <laughs> I, think. I don't I don't know if you've heard every show, my friend. <laughs> But I think it'd, uh, I think it'd be a lot of fun. So we're 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 definitely talking about it. It'd be a lot of fun. Well, I can tell you this: if uh, if people are interested, uh, we will definitely bring you the information as it as yeah. it says. So you can come back here to find out where to go to hear your show. So that'll I appreciate we'll just, it. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, this is it's one of the things. You know, in the old school. You know, I I basically grew up in radio broadcasting. Uh, and in the old days of radio, it was always it was always competition. You always hated the guy across the street, you know. And it's it's not really like that with with uh, in the world of podcasting and doing these kind of shows. You're almost like brothers in arms in a way. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't 
I 100% agree with you. There's a lot of apprehension uh, in Houston when it comes to sometimes bars being too close together mm-hmm. and you're both new. Um, radio shows, mm-hmm. uh, whiskey, you know, brands. But there's really, and a great example of this is the whiskey ambassadors here in Houston. Every brand representative for every major uh, you know, whiskey brand here in, in town, they all know each other. Right. They all drink together. Right, not, exactly. There's no animosity there. There's plenty to go around, and believe it or not, there's quite a few people in the Bourbon Society who are sitting on north of 500 bottles at the house. <laughs> so there's there's more than enough to go around for so, everybody. So this is the thing. In the event of the zombie apocalypse, which I like to be prepared for. <laughs> I think uh, I know what you're about to Regardless. <laughs> uh, these are the guys you want to know because they are the guys that will have the bottles, uh, right? 100%. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly Alan right. Richards, so, I'm talking to you. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Right, yeah, you know where to go. You know where to go. Well, you've lined up uh, several very interesting-looking things for us to taste today. I have brought a bottle as well. I brought some beers. And uh, uh, so there's there's going to be some interesting tasting with you and I on the show today. So. I, 100%. I'm actually going to start as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. We'll look forward to that. Wanted to mention uh, that o- across the holidays, I did get uh, a handful of uh, really interesting cigar gifts, uh, and uh, I got, even got a few, uh, even got a few uh, whiskey gifts too, which is kind of cool. But uh, one of the cigar gifts that I got was uh, one that I wanted to mention uh, that I smoked a couple of days ago, and I just wanted to kind of talk about it because I'd never talked about this particular cigar or this brand before. It's the Nat Seco. Uh, Liga number four, uh, anniversario 1965 Churchill. And if it sounds like maybe they kind of stole pieces of names from several of the cigars, cigars, they kind of did. Yeah, they kind (laughs) of did. Uh, But it was a really nice, really beautiful uh, box press cigar uh, made with an Ecuadorian Habano seed wrapper, Nicaraguan binder and fillers. It had one of the pigtail caps, which I really like because they're the ones that are easy if you have forgotten uh, your punch or your your cutter, the pigtail, you can just twist it right off. Um, The interesting thing about this cigar that I hadn't really seen... Uh, or didn't remember smoking one like this before, was that the foot was actually enclosed by the wrapper leaf. It was actually, the wrapper leaf went all the way around uh, the foot. So you had to burn that before you could draw through the cigar, which was kind of an inter- interesting uh, uh, adjustment. So, yeah, yeah. So um, there's a lot, of, quite a few cigars who do the, the sh- shaggy foot style. The shaggy yeah, foot, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I'm used to that. But this one was actually it capped sealed, on the yeah. bottom, yeah. So it was. So when you first, like, when you try to do the pre-light draw, you don't get anything because it's it's capped on the bottom. Yeah, so light it I didn't first. I didn't clip it. I lit it, and that's the way it uh, started smoking. And it smoked really smooth all the way down. Toasty right off the bat with woody and nutty initial flavors. Uh, cocoa flavors kind of emerged as it smoked. Uh, a very pleasant, nutty profile all the way through. It wasn't super complex, but I did really enjoy the specific flavor balance. So I really wasn't wanting uh, it to change up. So I smoked it down to the nub. I enjoyed it very, very much. Uh, superb construction. Uh, it smoked evenly, smoothly, all the way down. It's about a $5 cigar. I would uh, give it a 6 for price to quality. So uh, so there you go. So we get a lot of tasting to do. I want to start our tasting in the next segment. Plus, we have some things to uh, talk about. The Take Craft Back uh, campaign has folded. Uh, so we'll tell you how well they did and what's going on with that. We'll talk about um, a couple of different things, including the fact that Cigar Aficionado magazine has named their best cigars of 2017. So we'll talk about that list a little bit and what's coming up in that. And we're going to uh, do some tasting. What did you What did you pour there? 
that's sorry i was roses? i was listening to you and i couldn't help myself so. <laughs> four <laughs> roses all right so we'll we'll start with that in the next segment you're listening to smoking and toasting and uh, as i mentioned at the top of the show ian is on assignment he will be back in a couple of weeks uh, but in the meantime big thanks to chris hart uh, for thanks guest for hosting me. on I'm the excited. show all right we'll be right back at smoking and toasting Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. It's uh, brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in uh, Fort Worth. And there's uh, some news I saw that hit the uh, that hit the Chronicle, the Houston Chronicle this week, uh, that I guess the sale or purchase is completed, completed but the guys that own um, B&B have purchased a uh, spot in the downtown area where they'll be opening an Italian restaurant. So that's something to uh, to, to be a little bit different and something to look forward to. We'll bring you the details. In fact, we will have Jeremiah on the show here. Uh, I'm hoping actually to have Jeremiah on the program next week as the uh, fill-in guest host because our guest next week uh, is a guy. How would you like to go through life with this name? His name is Trey Boring. <laughs> so we we went out and got a really boring guy to be on the show, but actually he's not boring at all. He's got he, overcompensation. He is for an, sure. right, exactly. He's an attorney with Cigar Rights of America. This is the organization that is most responsible for lobbying in Washington D.C. Rocky Patel talked about these guys when we had Rocky on. Most responsible for lobbying for the rights of cigar smokers when you know some of this crazy uh, regulations and stuff get proposed, and these are the guys that go in and and fight as much as possible. And so Trey will be telling you what you can do, and it's not difficult, what you can do to get involved and help the cause for cigar smokers so we don't get our rights taken away by unnecessary uh, government regulation. So it's smoking and toasting. I mentioned, um, uh, Chris, the Take Craft Back um, campaign. They have finally folded the campaign after raising $3,808,660. Uh, they folded it kind of in a tongue-in-cheek way, which is sort of the way that they, you know, the whole thing started. did the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they really felt great about what happened because they drew a lot of attention to the whole concept of taking craft beer back from the masses and what it means. And, uh, you know, Anheuser-Busch continues to try to play both sides of the fence. Uh, they have launched this new campaign called Elevate to, quote, elevate, unquote, craft beer and and, and give it more uh, exposure and supposedly raise the quality level of the ingredients used in craft beer and so on, so on, so on, so on, so on, while at the same time they continue to run the Dilly Dilly campaign making fun of craft beer aficionados. Uh, so it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to me. It's caused me to really reevaluate how I feel about the brands that they bought, that they now own under their umbrella. Carbach being one, which I love. Uh, Carbach, you know, located right here in our hometown uh, yeah, of Houston. well loved, too. They, they make Was. great <laughs> beer. They make, they have, there's great people over there. I mean, they're, they're very dedicated, devoted to the craft of brewing great beer, and they've made some sensational beers, some really outstanding beers. It's a little harder for me to swallow it, though, with, with their parent company uh, being two-sided. Being two-sided, okay, yeah. So I, I'm not defending them. And okay, I'm just going right. to play devil's advocate, right, which I, love I know this. Scott Platt's uh, is a local guy. He yep, hates playing this. devil's advocate. But hear me out. Uh, in the whiskey world, there are – well, in, in many different worlds, when you're large enough, mm -hmm. you have different 
budgets for different sections, uh, let's say different campaigns, mm -hmm. right? So right. I am sure the section of uh, AB InBev that is buying up these craft beers have their own hurdle to overcome, which is sure. people thinking that they're just big beer, right? while them trying to push, no, 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 we're still craft beer. We're still doing quality brewing. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm sure that there's other departments who have budgets for commercials. You get what I'm saying? So I'm not oh, listen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be the guy in charge of marketing Bud Light right now. You've had year after year after year after year of systemic loss in terms of market share. And there's no sign that it's going to get any better. And yet, it's still the flagship brand of the company. In other words, it still makes more money, more profit than right. any other product that AB InBev uh, produces. That's so all those football games and stadium sales. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you? So so what do you do? Like, how do you get people to rally around your product? I think when when <clears throat> when Carbox sold out, everyone was outraged. And right now, there's even a little bit of controversy over uh, Buffalo Bayou Brewing, who just announced mm -hmm. the expansion to a full-blown facility. And the whispers have always been that Carbach expanded just before they sold out, mm -hmm. that they quietly got some money for that expansion, right? Uh, then to sell out. And so now that Buffalo Bayou is expanding, they're wondering. People are worried if it's the same situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Buff Brew is uh, being met with some some. Skepticism. Uh, what's the word for conspiracy theories? Ah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even even better than skepticism. So I mean, uh, <laughs> I think time will tell. I've I've had Carbox since the, the buyout, and it's still good it's beer. still delicious. Yeah, yes, I, I have no complaints. I, I understand. Uh, I understand the controversy, but a lot of times when people are angry about something, and you get the masses angry about it, mm -hmm. I think it's it's oftentimes so much more simpler than that. I just think that it's the whole two different sides, ABM Viv. AB and Bev making fun of craft beer while at the same time trying to promote it. I think that's two different departments. Or uh, not that I think it, but if that is the case, that would make sense. Most to me. likely it is. Yeah. I mean, we had David Graham from Doesn't Carbock. make it okay. Yeah. No, I understand. Doesn't make it okay. We had David Graham from Carbock on the show um, a few weeks after the announcement of the. Of the AB InBev uh, takeover of Carbach. And, you know, David's an amazing guy, loves, very passionate about beer. I mean, it's just like you see this whole, this this beer fan that loves this so much. And he's talking about the fact that, you know, the reality for them is they have more money to try more things, to do, to be more experimental, uh, to try some, um, you know, some extensions of, of their line and some beer styles that they might not have been able to afford to do without that. It's, it's a, it's a two-sided coin. Uh, even when Balcones expanded, um, you you fight as a small company to find people to support you financially so that you could grow. Mm -hmm. But at some point, there's a line that if they support you too much, you're the bad guy. Yep. It's a buyout. It's a sellout. Absolutely. So I, Absolutely. I, I have no opinion either way. I just I, I acknowledge the the dichotomy, the, the the two different sides of the whole situation. You know, there are a number of uh, breweries in Austin uh, that. You could sort of classify them as some of the most fiercely independent uh, breweries in uh, in Texas, and one of them I uh, actually had a chance to pick up their Scotch uh, Scotch style ale. It's called Highland Scoundrel. It is the fourth tap brewery uh, out of Austin, who is which has quickly become 
uh, one of Austin's more respected breweries, and I thought uh, we might sample this. It's a it's a Scotch style ale. They use the word style because it's not actually a Scottish ale, uh, but it's uh, brewed in the same style. And you're already ahead of me tasting it, so give me some thoughts. Uh, local honey. That's what to mm. me it tastes like. Dark. Yes. Thick honey, and it's got the color of it too. Yeah, it really does have a a, a sort of a honey brownish yellow hue to it it reminds me uh you know every once in a while my wife and i will go to heb or kroger's and they've got this gorgeous display of cheeses and honeys and, yes and we'll we'll gather up a few things and that night we'll spend the night watching netflix and with the kids and and tasting honeys and cheeses that to me tastes like a really thick dense dark honey it really it, I, I, you said local honey and it really has that not just honey but that that flavor that you only get with honey or something that's been locally sourced that way. What's yeah. the ABV on that? Uh, I have not checked that out, so let's look and see if it's uh, clearly said. It says, our malt is smoked and hand-turned over real Scottish peat, kilt not optional. Scottish peat? Yes. Interesting. It's, it's vegan-friendly, and I am not finding the... ABV on the can. So I'm about to, to murder look. people's ears. So there's this thing I've started doing <laughs> um, with it, whether it's wine or, and I've been told that it's a wine technique, mm-hmm. but whiskey in particular, I've been really doing this a lot. But if you take just a little bit in and you leave it in the front of your mouth and you go, that sound, mm-hmm. it'll aerate it, and you can really taste, you get past the liquid and taste what you are smelling and at the same time. Well, it's, it's interesting. I Someone gave me several years ago, and I use this a lot when I drink spirits, someone gave me an actual aerator. And so you pour, It's uh, they make these for wine, and that's where right. the idea came from, but to use it with spirits instead, uh, you pour the spirit into the top, and then you press the button to release it into the glass, and as it releases, uh, it, it aerates the, the spirit, and it does, in many cases... Draw some extra flavor out of the uh, out of the spirit. I've used it with rum and with uh, with whiskey and with tequila. It's, it's absolutely tasty. I didn't. Uh, I've never heard of it. Um, yeah. But I'm a bit. You said a few things that are big uh, green lights for me. Highland uh, Scoundrel. You said Scotch style ale. Scotch from style. Tab. You said Pete, and I'm on board. Yeah, so you're you're a Pete guy. I'm aren't a Pete you? guy. You're man. a Pete Lafroig guy. all the way. So let's uh, so let's talk. Uh, not necessarily Pete, but let's talk uh, whiskey. You uh, poured some of the Four Roses a moment ago. Uh, tell me about this because you're uh, again. You, you just you're just like Ian. You've gotten ahead of me in the tasting. <laughs> he always seems to. Do I'm that. with you in heart. We're on the same <laughs> schedule, uh, but. So this is uh, so I mentioned we're going to do a Four Roses pick. Uh, mm-hmm. This will be tomorrow morning. We'll be at the Four Roses Distillery uh, in Kentucky, and this is uh, what we plan to do: is a barrel strength selection of this. Now, what you have there is a local bar, local dive bar, but like, but the complete opposite of the fact. Once you look at their selection, mm-hmm. it's Poison Girl. So this bottle came from Poison Girl? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so Poison Girl, they, um, they're they known for some of their selections. And in this case, this is a barrel selection for Poison Girl. Mm. Uh, Four Roses is known to have uh, for having 10 different recipe styles that they use for their, their single, for their, their yeast strains and, and everything that they do uh, with their, you, you can get all 10 in, in a, 10 different bottles, 10 different recipes. Wow. So the goal oftentimes is, is to gather up that collection for for uh, you know, for neat reasons, I get to, I get to say I have all ten. But <laughs> right. this is uh, you're a completist, correct? Yeah. So this is an eight years, uh, seven months. OBSV was the recipe, 
and it was uh, selected for Poison Girl, and it's some wonderful. Uh, I can almost pull some honey flavorings out of this as well. That's well, and that's a pretty common uh, note for a lot of bourbons. Uh, mm-hmm. I've always said that Scotch has a, a broader range of flavors. You go from peat to sherry, and then they've got that middle range, right? Where bourbon is pretty narrow, although it's uh, it's very nuanced. Um, Four Roses just makes some of the best bourbon on the market. So I, I'm a big fan of both Poison Girl. Shout out to Brian and um, and drink up, man. This is just tasty. Yeah, th- this is fantastic. So we'll enjoy this during the break. And when we return, we're going to talk about uh, the big cigars of the year. Cigar aficionados named their top of 2017. Uh, plus, we'll do a little more tasting. I see you have... You mentioned Balcones earlier. I see you have some Balcones Texas rum. I did bring some Balcones Texas rum, and I also brought another local pick of Buffalo Trace, which oh, is absolutely nice. great. So, and I have something to surprise you with. That'll be coming up. Oh, oh yeah, gonna test. looking forward to it. Welcome back, my friends. It's uh, smoking and toasting. This program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and uh, now open in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Uh, Cigar Aficionado has named their top 10 cigars of 2017. Uh, We will get to that in a few minutes, and we will also um, talk about the fact that craft beer is still growing in uh, 2017. There was a lot of negative information about craft beer uh, and its growth level that came out last year and the fact is um, it was all for naught. The craft beer uh, segment continued to grow. This is despite the fact that some of the biggest craft breweries in the United States were purchased and are no longer considered in these numbers uh, during 2017. And despite that, craft beer has continued to grow. So it wasn't its fastest growth year, but it's continued to grow. So I, I'm going to say something I know is going to be uh, controversial. Okay, go for it. Um, from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, at some point, you know, for years people were saying craft beer, craft beer. But then someone actually got together and created, they're like, we should come up with guidelines for what craft beer is. And Correct, if I, if, yes. From what I understand, the the main craft beer definition that, that is quickly disqualifying all these craft breweries mm-hmm. is simply the amount that you produce. Correct. The the amount of, um, of, of barrels or, or whatever it is. I think uh, in Texas yeah. it's something like 60,000 barrels. Yep. So, in, in my opinion... Um, if you've got a, 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 a local distiller, right? Let's just mm-hmm. say, if, if that distiller's been putting his heart and mind into the craft and have been making beer, gets bought out, and it's still him mm-hmm. being the distiller or brewer, um, and the fact that it's d- disqualified simply because of the amount that the parent company produces, right? It it would seem like that is a nonsense definition for, I mean you get what I'm saying right I think I think one of the reasons Not fair would one be a of the reasons word. for um, the those you know smaller and mid-sized breweries being taken out of the count is because you can't be more than a certain percentage owned by uh, a larger or a multinational company right I but, is, but isn't that the connection though so meaning you could I'm just making some numbers. The beer up. is still the beer, though. I, I I understand what you're saying. Right, the and that, and that beer. brewery may still be producing slightly more than they were producing before. That's certainly but just possible. under a new yeah. parent company. Under so a new parent company, it just and, seems yeah. like not the right. I think for I think the definitions, and they may already be changing, and it may differ state by state, but I think the definition should be centered around the uh, the process of making the beer. 
I would agree right? with that. So, yep, I would agree um, with that. I know that like with uh, with distillers, when they buy bulk corn, there's a certain percentage, certain grade of corn that, that they will only buy because if you buy less than that, then you're literally buying for trash within the grain, meaning mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. could have bird bones or bugs mm-hmm. or, 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 or pieces yes. of glass and dirt. So they they only will buy a certain level of corn, a certain grade of corn, so because then they know that what they're buying is strictly raw corn. Raw non, corn. Yes. Like uh, wild turkey uses non-GMO. Mm-hmm. That to me makes a whole lot more a- apropos definition for what craft is as opposed to. And I think you're you, going to see more and more of that in the next several years too. I think you're going to see more and more brewers, distillers using non-GMO, using gluten-free, doing a lot of the things that you're beginning to see so much of in the food industry now as people are beginning to shift towards this kind of uh, consumption in many areas of their life. So it's yeah. going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. I want you to try something, my friend. What I'm going to that? pass over a uh, whiskey for you. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is until it's after not, you it's have not sampled. Bourbon. It's not bourbon. Uh, it's a blended Scotch whiskey, and uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm really interested to to, uh, get, my to get your take on this. It feels like yes. a trap. It's, I promise that it's not. <laughs> All right. Well, just off uh, the nose, my. Mm. Okay. It's peated. Yes, it's definitely peated. Lower ABV. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was 80 proof. Yeah, definitely lower than what we just had with yeah, the four yeah, roses. Yeah. There's no Barrel question strength, about that. Four roses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's interesting because I've had this before, but I've never had it following something like the four roses so it does create a a diff you kind of come at it a little differently is this uh, so it's got a yeasty quality mm-hmm. I, I say this a lot with brook laddie mm-hmm. brook laddie has a very uh yeasty like a biscuit dinner biscuit like uh, mm-hmm. brook laddie rocks uh which they don't make anymore to me always reminded me of dinner rolls it had a very yeast it had roll very quality. yeast roll uh and then you've got some peat in here mm-hmm It's not bad. Uh, it's very. There's lots of honey. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very honeyed. And it's much more peaty than I was expecting when I first See, tried. I, I, I feel like it's less, less peaty than, uh, well, at least less than Lafroy, because Lafroy is well, such a, yes. a punch in the face. Um, it's not bad. I, I will also say that as you as you drink it, it becomes less peaty. If that makes sense, like the I didn't taste the, honey the first time because yeah. all I tasted was peat, mm-hmm. and the second sip I got a ton of honey. So, uh, I, I want to say. I, feel like I'm way off base, but it reminds me of uh, Johnny Walker or maybe a, a low end, uh, the lower end blended, you know, Pete Monster mm-hmm. from Compass Box. Well, I, I love your taste buds because they're they're essentially right on the money. This is Bell's, Bell's blended Scotch whiskey. Yeah, are you familiar proof, with? Right? Are you yes? Are yeah. you familiar <laughs> with Bell's? Yeah, I'm familiar with Bell's. Yeah, so uh, I know that the, they use it. Uh, I, uh, my understanding is that Bell's creates a lot of the. Uh, the base whiskey that other uh, brands will use in their blends, um, but uh, but what I thought was interesting about this is this bottle cost eighteen dollars. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's and, not it's not bad, and I could definitely sit down with you, uh, you know, sit across from each other, nice cigar, right, on a cold night uh-huh. in front of a fire, and, and kill that bottle, murder that bottle. Absolutely. Um, it reminds you know a lot of blended whiskey. They use their uh, they use their base peated whiskey coming from Bunahaven. Mm. Uh, Bunahaven being the more mild. 
less in your face peated whiskey mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. on Isla compared to uh, some of the other ones like Ardbeg or Lafroy. This is, uh, I, I thought, what I found most interesting about it is I thought it was probably the best $18 whiskey I'd had. I will, uh, I will give you that. There, but there's, but uh, I haven't had a lot of $18 whiskeys, so. <laughs> what's, what's the name of the, uh, no, 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 the, the price, uh, what do you call it, the PMTPS? The price to uh, the MSRP or whatever it is. No, no. You, there's a scale for your price to oh, value. Oh, oh uh, the price, price to price to quality scale. Price yes. to quality. That's right. Yeah. right. So uh, PTQ is what you call it. The right? PTQ. Yes. So the price to quality scale, uh, it's hard to beat for 18 bucks. Yeah, it really is. I mean, and and if you consider that I've had plenty of uh, much more expensive 40, 45 dollar yeah. uh, whiskeys that I thought weren't. Really, remarkably better in any way than that. So, um, so anyway, that's uh, so that's my surprise uh, bottle. You brought me a surprise beer, did you not? I did bring you a surprise do beer. You wanna, so do you want to crank yeah. that baby up? Uh, well, it's in it? the freezer still. Oh, it's in the freezer. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll I'll take it we'll the do. next break. We'll grab it in the next break. Why don't uh, Why don't you suggest another thing for us to taste then in the remainder of this? Uh, sure, sure. So this. this is another local pick. This is Buffalo oh, this Trace. Is the Buffalo Trace. So when you yes. talk about price to value, uh, price to Quality, price index. quality yes uh buffalo trace their bottles real it's their it's their uh it's their namesake it's their standard uh bourbon i believe they're all 90 proof um yeah 90 we proof. talked about this in a show earlier this uh early last year that uh because of the popularity and the of relatively low price the buffalo trace has at times been hard to find yeah and, so this uh, actually when total wine gets it they allocate it to one per person for some reason but uh, this is about twenty twenty four bucks. I mean, when you talk okay. about a twenty twenty four dollar bourbon, ninety proof, just like Eagle Rare is, uh, and this is actually a store selection pick for a local place. Uh, you know, I love supporting local. M and R Liquors uh, did this. Um, I want to say it, they basically pre sold the barrel. Wow. Uh, they they reached out to their folks. Uh, a couple local guys picked it. I'm sure you've heard of Travis Whitmire at mm -hmm. Balcones. I'm sorry at <laughs> at Whitmire's. Whitmire's, yes. And uh, they, him and uh, Travis and a few other local guys, went and picked it. Uh, and they, I mean, they pretty much sold the whole thing before it even got here. So what they did is similar to what you're doing, where you're going to pick a barrel and and uh, and bring in the barrel home, right? Right. So as for the, as for as long as I can remember stores were doing picks but local groups weren't so the mm -hmm. only difference is that these are done by the people um unfortunately we try to i try to do i try to participate in all of them but my vote usually doesn't count i try to stay i'd, I'd rather them pick it as opposed to right. my, and I'm, I'm an easy pleaser i'm happy either way but um what we're doing uh the only one i really care about my personal opinion on for this trip is the four roses uh, that one, uh, as I mentioned, was named after my wife. It's kind of mm -hmm. like a little sweet. Mm -hmm. I got to be sweet to her from time to time. Yes. So uh, me working, you know, s as much as I do, she deserves a little shout out. But uh, yeah, so this is so this let's, is, let's try the yeah. This trace. is uh, they have all the classic flavors of bourbon. Mm -hmm. um, let's see here. Do you have an empty I glass? Do. Yeah. There we go. So all the classic flavors of bourbon, like um, tobacco. Pipe, pipe tobacco. Mm -hmm. I pipe think it's tobacco, got a nice yep. Cavendish flavor to it. Oh yes, you can definitely you can definitely get that in the first whiff too. Very easy sipper. Um, they they did a, a tremendous mm. job. Wow, that's a, that's really nice on the nose too. And this is what you said a twenty two twenty three dollar bottle. I think after tax it was twenty four, um, and it's on the northwest side of town, and it's all gone. Wow. 
I, I mean, they're, they're a great local spot. Uh, you've got a lot of great, great local mom and pop shops on the north side. You've got Blind Pig Liquor in Cyprus, mm-hmm. M&R, um, and of course, uh, Whitmire's Distillery is up there as well. So you just, if you're on the northwest side of town, you're living, you're living the good life when it comes to whiskey. <laughs> so, Chris, this is this is where it gets tough for the Bells, because if this is a twenty-three, twenty-four dollar. I'd rather have the That's bourbon. only a few dollars more than the Bells. As good as this is, wow, that's a that's a few dollars well spent. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that blended whiskey. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm i a big proponent of a slightly higher proof. Yes, and proof, you can definitely pull this out. Yeah, Proof is directly related to flavor, right? So when you've got a raw product in the barrel, that is the most concentrated that that barrel can possibly be. So you're when you're saying this, you're saying it's not about intoxicant. It's about uh, flavor. It's about flavor. Right. I mean, I would much rather go buy the powdered Country Time lemonade container and mix my own lemonade as opposed to buying a pre-made lemonade. Right. Because then you can make it as sweet as you want. Or so, as meaning, strong as you want or whatever, yes. Meaning the raw product in the barrel, that is the as, as concentrated the amount of flavor as you possibly can. And then add water accordingly. If you prefer a lower proof, just add it from there as opposed to buying it pre-watered down, which this right. is still pre-watered down, but 90 proof is a little bit more... Uh, you know, a little bit more going on in the palate. Wow, the Buffalo Trace is terrific. You were listening to Smoking and Toast, and when we come back, we're going to try this uh, uh, this beer that uh, Chris has brought in for me. Plus, uh, as promised, the best cigars of 2017 from Cigar Aficionado coming up. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 70. We're calling it a Whiskey New Year with uh, Chris Hart, who has brought in some great whiskeys. We're enjoying ourselves. Chris is our uh, guest co-host this week. Ian Barry is uh, on assignment, and we'll return to the show <coughs> Excuse me, in a couple of weeks. But, uh, but uh, I appreciate you filling in, uh, Chris, and I know Jeremiah... Uh, from uh, B&B is going to be filling in as, as well. Nice. Uh, f- uh, so we're going to have a couple of things. And then coming up, I believe in uh, th- not next week's show, but the following one, um, Maria Todd will be joining me, and we'll be doing the Smoking and Toasting Light Beer Blind Taste Test 2.0. Yeah. One of the things that happened when we did the first Light Beer Blind Taste Test is we got flooded with people going, hey, why didn't you try this one? Why didn't you try that one? So we're going to try to do all of those that we uh, that we didn't have time to try in in the first one. So I understand we'll be trying some things like Bud Light Ice. Ugh. We'll be trying uh, Yangling Light. Oh, okay. Which should be interesting. And we'll be trying uh, something uh, from Budweiser that has cactus in it. That's all I know. Have you ever had the Walgreens beer? <laughs> no, I didn't know there was Walgreens so they, beer. They make a six pack beer for like three dollars. Oh my for the, gosh. For the six pack. And oh my god. It's something like. David's Creek or some it just a, it's just a, it's just it's not it's, it's barely really, beer really it's awful. barely beer <laughs> they call that near beer I think <laughs> wow that's uh, that's hilarious we'll have to try that uh, you know we've talked about doing a number of different like theme like shows like that we wanted to try the Costco craft beer box and there's one uh, of course Walmart had it but Walmart seems to be off the shelf now. Uh, Maybe something's going on crafty. there. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what's. I know they're that, doing but, a big push to try uh, to get uh, state yeah. uh, liquor allowed on the shelf. They're I, 
That would be a very interesting thing to see liquor at Walmart. I mean, that would be that would Go be to a Louisiana. new thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. I I often said after uh, having lived in Louisiana before, it's like really every business in Louisiana is just a liquor store. They just also happen to sell whatever else they Correct. sell. Correct. Gas you know, or whatever. KB toys. Yeah. You know, whatever wherever you go, it's all just there's all just a liquor store uh, atmosphere in, in the front. So uh, I brought uh, interestingly. Wh- uh, we should mention your uh, beer that you uh, that you bought is man. frozen. So yeah, uh, so basically we stuck it in the freezer. We tried to chill down uh, a DDH Ghost in the Machine from Parish Brewery, and I'm so excited to try that. Too. And during break, I jumped over there to check on it, and it is uh, not quite frozen solid, <laughs> but definitely not drinkable. Well, uh, well, until it defrosts, I'm still going to drink it. This this beer, uh, I know that some prefer the original Ghost in the Machine. Uh, for Paris, but this is their their DDH double dry hopped Ghost in the so, Machine. Yeah, so and so this is an IPA, correct? Cor- yeah, it's a, it's an any IPA, uh, hazy IPA, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. it looks like orange juice. It's it's absolutely delicious. Parish, um, from what I'm being told, is planning on coming to Texas. Uh, to get distribution here soon, but soon could mean anything. Well, this so, is a pretty big deal then, because this is this is already in high demand in their local markets. So. Yeah, so there's a local guy, uh, David, uh, at, you know, from our area that drove to the brewery for the release uh, one Saturday, and wow. when he got there, there were already people that had camped out overnight, <laughs> and the first <laughs> ten people each bought thirty cases of it, which ended oh up being half the batch. Oh my so, God! So half the batch is gone with the first ten people. Yeah. So I tried. Uh, I, he brought me back a case, and I thank him daily for it. But that's it's a really tasty. I'm not a big IPA guy. Um, overall, but I really, really enjoy this. Well, I am going to force an IPA on you uh, now. This is what we're going to sample next. It is from our friends at Dogfish Head, which are in uh, Maryland, and they are... um, (laughs) I hadn't seen this before. This is the Liquid Truth Serum IPA, so I have a feeling this is going to be fairly intense and fairly hoppy. Is is it it high in the alcohol content? Uh, It's about a 10%, so that's not... Yeah, so Truth Serum made me think... Uh, yeah, high yeah, ABV. Yeah, yeah. Def- definitely high uh, ABV. And I stand corrected. It's six point eight. So that that's high, but it's, it's not it's like right. it's not like over the rainbow high. Uh, but it's interesting. I've not tried this before, so I'm interested to see. Uh, they make an interesting claim on here. Uh, it says uh, truthfully hoppy. It's Truth Serum IPA. Truthfully hoppy, without being deceptively bitter. But I'm not sure how you get super hoppy without a certain amount of bitterness. So. Uh, you've already sampled. What do you think? So I'm. I started with beer before I moved to whiskey, mm-hmm. and everyone has that normal progression. Mm-hmm. You you discover Shiner at 21, sure, right? Because right. no one drinks before the 21, and and then you discover uh, Shiner Bach, and you're like, this is so much better than what I've been drinking. Then you yes. went. I went from Shiner Bach to Fat Tire, New Belgium. Love Fat Tire. And then New Belgium, I went to Dogfish Head, and they used to make something called the Raison d'Etre. Yes, I've had reason it. for living. I just, <laughs> I, I was absolutely in love with that beer, and they used to have their own TV show. So I've always been a Dogfish Head. Supporter, mm-hmm. although, um, and they make a 120 minute IPA. Oh, it's wonderful. It's the, like syrup, whatever pancakes. Even just the 60 minute is fantastic. So I would agree with you, it's not overly bitter. Yes, um, it's, it's not. Very it's, light. it's got, uh, in fact, it's got a little of that sessionable, almost uh, citrusy uh, flavor on the back, which surprised me given. You know, liquid truth serum and the sort of look of the bottle. I was expecting something a little bit bigger, more over the top. Right. No, it's definitely more middle of the road as far as uh, 
it's not taking you on any kind of roller coaster ride of intensity. It's right. not super hoppy, super right. bitter. Um, it's actually pretty sessionable, pretty drinkable. I could, yeah. I could, I could probably kill a couple of those. <laughs> uh, it almost falls into the sort of hazy New England IPA uh, kind of a, a kind of a vibe a little bit because I, of the citrusy uh, flavor. Although it's it's pretty clear. It's not too it's not too hazy in terms of its unfiltered you know versus filtered nature. But it's boy, it's good. I'm uh, picking up notes of tangerine in there and uh, getting just a little bit of. Um, I'm surprised actually at how citrusy it is, but it is not fruit forward at all. Yeah, I, I was thinking more on the the realm of citrus oil. You mm-hmm. know, not mm-hmm. so much uh, a juicy citrus fruit as much as the oil you know when you bend the peel and you smell the mist you know that really intense citrus notes yes definitely definitely is and but but very drinkable very refreshing actually which surprises me a little you don't always think of ipas as being refreshing uh but that's pretty refreshing i like it. i'm happy with it what'd that uh, run uh this was uh I want to say the bottle was about three bucks. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. No, so not, not bad. bad. And I'm sure in a in a six pack, I bought it individually, but I'm sure in a six pack you can get it cheaper than that. So, Dogfish Head really not overpriced stuff. I think they do four packs. I but but even so, right. it's, still, it's, right. still yes. pretty, it's still pretty. It's still pretty costly. I think you're, I, th- I think it depends on the beer. Some in sixes, some in fours. If I'm not, you know what? I'm you're right. Mistaken. I think yep. the sixty minutes. Of- if I'm not mistaken, what do I know? The <laughs> Villager La Flor de Inclan Robusto came in at number ten. On uh, the cigar aficionado list of the biggest cigars of the year, Villager, by the way, known primarily for making really inexpensive machine-made cigars. So they do have a premium division, but this is kind of a big deal for them to uh, land one in the top ten of the year for cigar aficionado. That's number ten. Big. What, what What would you say as far as your? And I think we may have discussed this before, but your your taste profile for for cigars. Are you on the Maduro, I'm, the heavy? I, I, I like Maduros, but not necessarily because they're heavy. I'm more of a medium to medium full guy in terms of, of intensity and strength. I don't like the the uh, power of a cigar to overpower uh, the flavor. So some of the mo- some of the strongest ones that I've had, I thought didn't have as as complex uh, flavor. So I'm a medium, a bit overbearing. Yeah, medium to medium full type of guy. I do like Maduros. I do like sun grown uh, um, uh, wrappers and things that uh, that have a tendency to impart a little bit of spice. I'm a I'm a spice guy when it comes I- to cigars. <laughs> Ian's not here, but he just commented that the name of the beer from Walgreens is Big Flats. Big Flats. Thank yeah. you, Ian. Here in spirit, I appreciate that, my man. Uh, the Guardian of the Farm, Apollo Selection de Warped, uh, came in at number eight. Oh, I forgot to tell you number nine. It's the Placencia Almafuerte Generation 5. Uh, so number eight was the Guardian of the Farm. This is one of the ones. We got a couple of these cigars at the Big Smoke. This is the one where the Guardian of the Farm is actually a dog, and each cigar has a different uh, sort of dog silhouette on it because the dog is the guardian of the farm nice. uh, that guards the tobacco. My Father the Judge, Gran Robusto, came in at number seven on the list. The Ashton Symmetry Bellicoso at number six. Alec Bradley's Tempest Natural Centuria uh, in at number five. That's a cigar I've had a number of during uh, the last year, and it definitely deserves to be on this, uh, this list. The, Boliv- uh, the Bolivar Bellicoso Fino at number four. The Oliva Siri 5 Bellicoso. 
at uh, number three. At number two, the Padrone Siri 1926, number two, the Natural. And at number one, the Arturo Fuente Don Carlos Eye of the Shark, which I have not had. And I now, uh, I, I would have, not because it's number one, but just looking at the photo of it in this article, I'm like, I have to have one of those. Yeah, that's yeah. that's uh, that's almost making me salivate. That's good. So I know we're running low on time, but it looks like it's drinkable now. All right, so I tell you what, let's bit? do. Let's wait until the last segment. Give it okay. a chance to thaw just a little more. Uh, we'll do that. Why don't we um, see what do we got left here? A couple of rums, and I've got a, and I've got a beer so, as well. So, so we we can hit we can hit the balconies. We've got a little bit of time here. Um, so and I'll run through this pretty quick. But they make a rum here. Some people are not a big fan. Big rum drinkers, maybe not their favorite. But I did a rum tasting locally, um, and I featured this, and they loved it. Uh, Balconies out of Waco, Texas made. One of the few brands who actually carry the Go Texan logo and is actually from That's Texas. Sweet, I love it. Yeah. Right? So yeah. there's a lot of brands carrying that that are not uh-huh. from Texas. But uh, Balconies actually, if, if you guys are whiskey cake fans down at Baybrook, mm-hmm. Baybrook Mall, their whiskey cake location is doing a full blown uh, Balconies tasting down there. And I, I forget the date, but if you'll if you'll go to, um, I mean, heck, if you join the Houston Bourbon Society. Uh, or just check out the Whiskey Cake Facebook page. They're doing a full-blown uh, tasting featuring some of the whiskeys from nice. Balconies. And well, Balconies is they're phenomenal. It, I mean, they really are a strong, uh, strong producer of of really excellent spirits. They really are. I mean, the the, the whiskeys that I've had just have just been exceptional, just exceptional. And I'm excited about the rum. I'm uh, uh, I'm a big rum guy. I would almost say. I'm more of a rum guy than a than a whiskey guy. Uh, I don't know. It's it's I gotta t- leave. it's, it's I tough. It's tough. It's it's a tight one. But yeah, uh, all I have to say is if you have another rum event, I better be invited. Oh yeah, and, and I, I mean we brought Plantation mm. this year, and we'll definitely have them back. Plantation, I love was, Plantation was super rum. well received. And I will tell you, my wife, uh, the Plantation uh, Pineapple Dark Rum, that's my wife's go-to. That's her favorite, uh, her favorite in the world. So, mm. wow, that's a good rum. It's heavy. It's it's it's, heavy it's, and it's intense. That that's rum for people who like to drink whiskey. I can tell you that. That's uh, that's good. That's the balconies. All right, we'll talk more about that when we come back. Plus, uh, we still have beer and uh, rum and uh, a little bit more to taste. Stand by. It's smoking and toasting. On the beach in Welcome back to Smoking and Toastin'. My name is Cruz. Uh, Ian Barry, my co-host and dear friend, is uh, on assignment and will be back with us in uh, a couple of weeks. Uh, but we really want to say thank you to Chris Hart for uh, for filling in and being designated co-host this week for Smoking <laughs> and Toastin'. Ian, you're fired. Um, <laughs> I'm not leaving. He's having, he's having too much fun, Ian. You should, never, you should never go on assignment early in the year. The Chris Hart's of the world will sneak in on you. Sneak in. Yeah. Chris, yeah. yeah. No, Ian will be back. We uh, we. We promise. He, um, he would uh, he would be particularly fond of the uh, of the four roses and the buffalo trace that we tried. I can tell you that. You definitely yeah. can't go wrong with those, yeah, and they're yeah, and they're yeah. widely available. Yeah. I mean, now I'm still I'm still kind of smacking my lips over this uh, the rum. rum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk to me a little bit about this. This is a very um, um, the the phrase that came to my mind was alcohol forward oh. uh, rum. It yeah. packs a punch. It definitely packs a punch. Yeah. And guess just put it out there the alcohol percentage is 63 percent so it's a and if i'm not mistaken i want to say that that is in fact cash strength uh balconies has done three or four or five different releases of this rum 
and uh, they tend to disappear pretty quickly. I bet. A yeah. lot of people like them. They're great in a, uh, I have a weakness for pina coladas. Ah, nice. <laughs> well, we were just talking frozen drinks. Uh, yeah, well, you know? yeah, I like this beer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the beer a little bit. You brought this. This is from Parish. Yeah, Parish yep. Brewing, and yep. this is their. And they're located where? Uh, in Louisiana. In Louisiana. Okay. Yeah. So they they make a um, they've got a few things that are really good. They also came out with something recently called the Maple Shade. Mm. Comes in like a champagne style bottle. So pretty big. Um, Twenty five bucks a bottle for, wow. for a single beer, uh, which is not too uncommon. Um, and I think they use something like five hundred or six hundred pounds of maple syrup to 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 make it. It's a barrel. That's crazy. Yeah, and, it, and it's delicious. I mean, uh, the wax smells horrible, but the bottle, <laughs> the beer itself is actually very tasty. I think it's everything uh, that CB. Uh, have you had Canadian Breakfast out? I have. So Founders came out with that. I was a bit underwhelmed by it. Really? And See, I, thought, I thought it was pretty good. It's not bad. I just expected more, especially at twenty three dollars yeah. a bottle. Well, okay. So yes. so it's um, you know at HEB, some places a little higher, but. Um, I Parrish makes uh, just phenomenal beer, and even as a slush, which you know we I mentioned during the break, this from there's been a, a, a little bit of a, a, a bucking of trends lately within mm-hmm. the groups. People are tired of the snooty behavior. You have to drink with this type of glassware, or you know, um, if you're going to use ice, you can only use a single ice cube. And I'm repeating myself for those who heard us during the break, but. Um, what there's a guy locally named Frank uh, Fernandez that started something called uh, well I affectionately named it the Frank Shake I'm, he may have a name for it but um, <laughs> he started a trend of making healthy milkshakes you know chia mm-hmm. seeds and right and you know proper you uh-huh. know just uh, expensive ice cream and mm-hmm. and then he'll throw in a extremely rare bottle of bourbon into the mix to make so, a bourbon so shake. he's not pouring pouring in Jack Daniels. He's he's pouring in like, he's pouring in uh, George and- T. Stagg or Pappy Van Winkle. Oh, wow, or just, wow, just like the really expensive stuff that people are trying to cherish so and hold on to. You've got purists going crazy. I'm sure. So, I'm sure some people have pulled their hair out a little bit. Yeah. And uh, but there's been a lot of people in the group who picked up the trend and started making. Someone used Booker's Rye once, and that's you know that bottle was 300 bucks at retail. And it was going for a lot more than that on some of the secondary sites. So mm-hmm. I think it hit up at 600 at one point. So um, it's basically like drink it how you want it. It doesn't right. matter what other people think. This is a beer slushy, and it's still tasty. <laughs> well, we've always been big fans on this show of saying like what you like, right. whether it's music or beer or whatever. Honestly, if what you like is Miller Lite, drink it and enjoy it. I mean, don't let a beer snob like me convince you that your beer isn't good. You know what I mean? Totally agree. If if it brings you pleasure, if it brings you joy when you drink it or smoke it, enjoy it and and make it, you know, make it, you know, one of my go-to cigars is an embarrassingly cheap uh, cigar that I get from JR uh, online, but you know what? What is it's, it? It's 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 the JR Ultimates, um, which those are made in the style of something, and it's the uh, which it, it's it's a Cohe- it's a JR Ultimate Cohiba Bahike, I think. But it it's it's just really good. Like it's just something I stumbled across, and it's so cheap, and it's like a go to because it's goodness cheap. Now, is it as good as the cigar I talked about this week? No. But it is something that makes you happy. A sec, uh, you know, a third of the price, and it makes me happy. Yeah, exactly. And so it really just depends on where you're at, what you're in the mood for, and what makes you happy. And right now, I'm thinking of beer slush. 
may yeah. make me happy. I so. mean, have you tasted it yet? Uh, not yet. You've now, this waiting. is the parish, and I've been waiting. And uh, mm. first of all, it looks like a glass of orange juice. Yep. But it doesn't taste like a glass of orange juice. No, it this does not. This is exceptional. <clears throat> it's especially I'm how cold it is right now. I'm in love with this beer right now. Yes, it's so cold, and I like my beer cold. Uh, but wow, this is good. You mm. should try their uh, their standard Ghost in the Machine. Is is some arguably some people felt it was better, but I am overall just I couldn't be happier. It's a this tremendous beer. Reminds me of how I felt very early in my. Uh, you know, beer drinking journey. And I was living in Boston, and I discovered, uh, you know how, like, w- when you when you go to college in Texas, y- you discover Scheinerbach, and that's like your sort of like go to college beer, and you're like, yep. wow, this is so much. Scheinerbach was better the, than was the Carbach <coughs> right. of sure. The it's so much better than <laughs> absolutely so much better than the you know the uh, you know regular uh, mainstream beer that I've been doing is so much better. Well, in in Boston. The Shiner Bach of Boston, if you will, the college beer, the one everybody drinks, is an IPA that's brewed by Harpoon. And it's it's Harpoon IPA. And I remember moving to Boston from Texas and discovering this and discovering it like fresh and on tap in like every bar in town. Everyone loves it, uh, yeah. And it, I, I remember just thinking, you know, at that time, as my taste buds like adjusted to it, thinking... This is like the best beer I've ever had. So I'm having that sort of a flashback moment as I drink this, like that same level of appreciation, like, oh, my God, this balance is perfect. I, I would uh, love. It's fantastic. Mm. You know, Houston Hayes, Bindletep released something last year called Houston Hayes that was just as well received. Yes. And they just started carrying it on the store shelves. I've only seen it at Total Wine. But they they can't keep it on the Houston shelf. Houston Hayes, Spindletop from Spindletap. It's and it's uh, it's another hazy IPA. It's mm. another you know sixteen ounce can. It's tasty, mm. delicious, crisp, fresh. It's not uh, now it's this not is, bitter. This is just a twelve ounce bottle. Um, what we but you were telling me that this is this the one you were telling me that your friend went and yeah. So uh, he, this got, is with the, the ten people of? in line and the thirty yeah. cases. So my buddy David um, David Roger. He went and he took his his van with him, mm-hmm. and he loaded up that van until the <laughs> wheel wells were just. <laughs> I love this. See, this is dedication. This is what this is what makes this all so much fun to do. Whether it's you know the uh, not not the just whiskey. dedication, camaraderie, right? Like right. The fact with, that he right. would do that and help the community. Right. right. And, right. Exactly. He d- he does it. He helps the community. He helps the brewer, and then he helps his friends who he brings it back to. The, you know? There's there's and it happens all the time in Houston. There's a local guy named Jay Evans Tabor. Uh, and he just he has something that we like to affectionately call the juice hauler, and it's just a minivan of his. He went on a trip to Kentucky, was gone for like five weeks. It felt like forever. Came back, same thing. The wheels were in the wheel well. We didn't know if he hit a bump, he was going to lose about. I mean, it had to be breaking some sort of law, bringing that amount of booze back over state line. But he just was so <laughs> he helped out so many local uh, groups, and you know, there's another great group in town called the the Bourbon Hounds, and. Um, and the camaraderie and friendship here and helping people get the fun, neat stuff is is so rampant that there's no way that this group wouldn't have grown naturally. You well, know what I mean? And I just want to say to, to any of those groups that you just mentioned and any others that are out there, if you have a group, I ran into a guy that uh, does a cigar group when we were out at the uh, uh, event with uh, Nimish uh, the other day. Um, 
if you've got a group, you know, mention yourself in our show notes. Let us find it there and uh, and talk about you on the show. Let yeah. us help to do anything we can to publicize your group and, and connect you with people that are like-minded. That's what this is all about. It, uh, it's Do we want to try the Forsyths in the waning moments of the in show? In the waning moments? Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> I'm probably going to butcher this one. But okay. so uh, Habitation Vellier, and, mm-hmm. I, and I butchered that right off the bat, it's all good. Is a, uh, it's not available here in the States. Generally, you can find it at the Whiskey Exchange and... Um, which is an overseas company, mm-hmm. and Master of Malt. I think I've seen it there. Master from of Malt, we talked yeah. about on the show. Yes. So they find it's called the House of Single Rums, right? Mm-hmm. That's the name. Is the House uh, of Single Rums? Single, was it the House of Single? Yeah, the House of Pure Single Rums. So okay. they basically track down barrels, uh, rum from different distilleries, and they bring together. Uh, they do special releases, and they're generally, you know, they range from 45 bucks to, I've seen it as high as 150 bucks. but then you have to pay $40 in shipping. So mm-hmm. if you can get a few guys together and, and, and put together an order, the... Um, Ooh, loving this. Oh, Oh, yeah. man. So it's just basically someone with a passion for rum has found really good rums and is releasing them under this brand. Dude, and this one's actually is... from Worthy Park, which is a Jamaican rum distillery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was... Pot stilled, uh, it was distilled in 2005. Mm. It's 10 years old. And a good thing for you to talk, I know that sometimes you guys like to talk about deception. Uh, you guys should talk about eight fake age statements in rum because there's a lot that's rampant. And look at the angel's share. What does it say? More than what, 64%? Yeah. So in 10 years, the rum that was put together for this batch, 64% of it simply evaporated, just went away. Wow. And that's 10 years. So how do you come up with a 30-year-old rum or a 20-year-old Right. Rum? How do you even do it Yeah, yeah. And, with that much evaporation? And there's a long story behind that. But um, either way, it's a phenomenal rum. Uh, and I'm, I've been, I talk about them constantly. But yeah. I'm a big fan of them. Uh, and I definitely encourage people, if you've ever had a good rum, a great place to start is Habitation Villiers. Well, I will just try to size this up quickly in the waning seconds of the show. Uh, it's a big... Big mouthful. Oh yeah, it's got it's got huge flavors. It's got huge burn. It's got huge presence, uh, and it's just absolutely like it's one of those things. This will not be denied. I'll be tasting this for the rest of the day. Like it's just this will be in my senses uh, for the rest of the day. It's fantastic. Uh, it really is good. Cast strength, uh, or well, it's fifty-seven point eight percent. So mm-hmm. it's a little less than the Balconies, but. Um, yeah, and you can't get it here. It is cash rank. Chris Hart, you never disappoint, my friend. Uh, you know, I uh, it's early in the day for this, <laughs> yes, but it I, is. I appreciate I appreciate you guys having me uh, on here. Appreciate doing this, and and appreciate you uh, coming in and uh, helping to pinch hit while Ian is away on assignment. Ian will be back with us in a couple of weeks, and next week we are excited about um, and bringing in our special guest. Uh, Trey Boring from the Cigar Rights of America Association. He's going to help us help you help cigars. That's what it's going to be all about for next week. So we're looking forward to that. Plus, in two weeks, the Light Beer Blind Taste Test 2.0 returns. So we're excited about that as well. Chris, thank you again. Uh, please say hi to our uh, friend Yuante. Uh, who, I'll let him know. Uh, it is time to uh, get together and drink soon with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, uh, thanks for having me out. I've, it's been fun. Yeah, absolutely. Always is. Appreciate it, and we'll do this again very soon. Have a great week, and my friends, uh, uh, we'll send this one out to Ian. 
Cheers. Cheers, Ian. Miss you, buddy.